You need to be able to communicate in an effective way what it is you're offering. Number one, you can't even do that if they don't need it. So in this process of transition from discovery to presentation, there's this statement, this transitional practical thing of, John, thanks for sharing. I honestly think I'm going to be able to help you. But if you don't feel that way, you can't present. Instead, your sentence should be, hey, you know what? Honestly, I don't think I'm the best fit for you. I don't think our product is the best fit for you, right? Because we go back to being genuine. We go back to being authentic. You cannot present your product if you, number one, haven't earned it through the discovery, or number two, it's not practical. Hello, and welcome back to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is Isar Metis, your host. And the amazing person you're listening to was Chaz Wolf. Chaz is currently running 10 businesses. Yes, 10. And the latest one out of the 10, he is teaching other people how to be A, better business owners, and B, how to be better salespeople, which ties back to almost everything you do in a business. Growing a business is tough. Believe me, I know. I'm a serial entrepreneur with three startups behind me. One went public, the second busted because of bad decisions by the CEO. That was me, by the way. And the third grew to $100 million in sales as part of a larger company that got sold. It took me 20 years to learn how to do it right, but now I'm on a quest to get you there much faster. I'm hosting senior business leaders, entrepreneurs, and world-class experts. Together, we search for gold, strategies, systems, processes, and practical tips that you can implement to grow your business. You will hear fascinating business stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is Isar, your host, and what I have today for you is nothing short of exceptional. You're going to absolutely love this. You know, first of all, that I'm a systems and processes freak, and my guest today teaches that. Now, the reason he can teach that is because he runs 10 businesses. Now, I'm involved in a few businesses, and I know how tough this becomes, and I thought I'm the craziest person around having as many businesses I'm involved in. So my guest today, Chaz Wolf, totally took me by surprise. He's like, yeah, I'm running 10 businesses. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, we got to do this on the air. So Chaz, thank you so much for joining us today at the Business Growth Accelerator. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Amazing. So before we start diving into some of the things you're doing, tell me kind of like your story. How did you end up having 10 businesses and why? Yeah. And then we'll dive deeper into other topics. I love, I love how you said uh, a little slight bit of crazy. I've always, I've always believed that about myself. But I, as you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur, obviously uh, a couple of different industries. And really my background is in sales, leadership, even executive management. I have been Everything from the sales guy, the top sales guy out of like thousands of sales reps, all the way to leading an entire sales force for uh, Grant Cardone and, and uh, Frank Kern. Wow. And so within my own world, I guess my businesses started when I was 24. And so I, I have started 10, currently running eight. We've got about 50 employees, three states and a lot going on. And so, but I guess part of the systems though, for me starts where being raised by a single mom and watching her work like her tail off all the time. 
And uh, really for me, that gave me like a no quit, figure it out, fight until the end, do everything with excellence mentality. And so I guess my mission now is whether it be in the sales world or whether it be in, in the business world, whoever I'm working with, whether it be a sales pro or a, you know, a business owner, I want to be able to help them create systems. I want them to be able to you know, build out their teams, really be able to have strategic and predictable growth. So, cause for me, when I had those things in my life, I was able to kind of step out of what I was telling you before is like the whirlwind. I called the whirlwind my business, <laughs> you know, but it wasn't until I had these things of systems and being able to have strategic planning and, and knowing how to build teams that I was able to step outside of that and be able to move forward. So. Brilliant. Listen, I, first of all, so what was the first business? I'm just curious, like what took you at the age of 24? Okay. I'm going to do something on my own. Yeah. Yeah. So I had been honestly looking uh, at lots of businesses. I had decided that I didn't want to start something from scratch at that time. I was already very, very successful in sales and sales leadership. I'm making six figures and I didn't in, want- In what industry, by the way? That was in advertising. Okay. Yep. Cool. And so I ran basically a call center and we were selling advertising. And so anyway, I, I, I took that opportunity almost two years worth to be looking at all these businesses. And I've looked at a lot of things. These are like dry cleaning. I've looked at moving. I've looked at Amish furniture. I've looked at retail franchises, which I ended up going with. I've looked at service-based companies. I looked at pretty much everything under the sun. And what I ended up going with was a, an existing location of edible arrangements. And uh, over the course of about four years, we put together seven locations um, of that four year, or sorry, uh, yeah, four years, seven locations, about 40 employees of that business, three states, a lot going on, Christmas coming up, Valentine's Day is around the corner, Mother's Day, all those things are huge for, for that business. Okay. I want to ask you a question. I didn't want to ask you the question, but now we got there. It makes me even more curious. A lot of people are where you are, especially now with COVID or where you were, right? Especially now with COVID, people lost their jobs or they're rethinking their whole work-life balance situation. And they're looking for these kind of opportunities. And franchising is definitely something interesting because you're taking maybe a bigger financial risk, maybe not even not, not sure about that, but it dramatically lowers all the other risks because you got everything you need to know served to you on a silver platter. Yeah. What was your process of picking that thing? Because you said you spent two years. You obviously right. thought about it a lot. How do you pick the right business for you, right? What, were the, the proce- what was the process? What were the things you were looking at to pick that one business? Yeah, so that, that's really a fantastic question, Isar. And so for me specifically, I knew that in my first business, in order to gain confidence, I've already been a, I've already been I've always been a confident person, right? I was doing well in sales and leadership, but to step out into something brand new and and then be able to have quick wins for me, I knew I needed to step into something that was existing. Part of the reason why I wanted to go with even a franchise that was already opened rather than just starting a new one, right? Yes. So. It wasn't so looking at my skill sets, I'm not the guy that's going to be on a roof. I'm not the guy that's going to, you know, be able to repair your door. You know? <laughs> so service companies for me were out at that stage since owning many properties. Now I, I've become way more handy, but then that was not me. Right. So I had to kind of eliminate a large, a large part of options that way. The online world, the consulting and sales training that I'm in now, that wasn't even a, even a picture in my brain at that point. So for me, it was like, okay, looks like it comes down to retail. I had retail experience, 
I, I was a manager and, and was a salesperson in a retail environment for many years, even in high school. And so I felt like I had experience there. I felt comfortable. The brand Edible Arrangements wasn't up and it had been established, but it was still up and coming, still a novelty idea. A lot of growth opportunities with kind of just new things. We've got new things like cheesecakes and brownies and dipping things in chocolate to make it look like this type of thing. And so for me, it was a fun thing, a fun product that people loved. I felt like I could step in with my sales skills or my sales background, my team building background, and be able to kind of take this fun product that I really had no idea about and still be able to run with it and not be maybe uh, stifled by my skill sets. Phenomenal. So I hear you say three things. One is know your comfort zone and your strengths and weaknesses, right? So don't go gang home like, oh, I'm going to do whatever. And you're like, you have no clue in that world. It's going to make it a lot more difficult. The Absolutely. other that you said, which again, I think is brilliant, is lower the risks as much as you can, right? right. It's your first business. If you have something that's currently up and running, you can see actual numbers. Here's the PNL of the business. That's what it's making with the current ownership, with the current things they're doing. And then the last thing that you said is bring your strengths into this. I'm like, okay, where do I bring the most amount of value into a business? So you look at it, you're saying, okay, in your case, I know how to sell. I know how to build teams. I see what they're doing right now with my addition skills. This business should be bigger. Hence, it's worth the investment. That's kind of the mindset. Absolutely. hundred percent. And in fact, I think that that's a big takeaway. And if, and if your listeners right now are being serious about, jumping into their own business. What you just said is, is gold. In addition to that, I felt like <clears throat> for me, it was not only being able to take my skill sets, but also being able to like, I guess you, you can, you, you kind of got to weigh the option. So like the business that I'm in right now, no startup costs necessarily to begin helping other entrepreneurs. Right. But I have to build out everything. Yes. Right. And so with the franchise or with an existing business, for me, it was able to step into a moving machine already. And then my processes or my systems that I eventually had to create because it was just a big mess was that I had to take what, what was already systems, maybe in a franchise, but then I had to make it work for me, make it work for my locations, make it work for how many locations I had, make it work for the individual people that I was employing and what we did as a unit. What was our family looking like? Not just edible, but what was our edible family looking like? Yes, for sure. So you started saying, okay, different than what you're doing today. I think it's a great segue. So what is it that you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. So I still own my franchises, but I have an amazing team. So I have to, I have to be able to say that first off, before I move any further, that systems are created oftentimes by people. And, and, I, and I, don't, I can't move on to the next thing in my life that I'm excited about without amazing people that take up the mantle and, and I get to empower them. And so I've got some amazing people on my team. Now, what my what my what I'm excited about these days? I'm I'm doing sales training. I'm also doing business consulting. Obviously, I'd mentioned with both of those things kind of being in my background that really what gets my my juices flowing. Be able to help an entrepreneur understand the sales process or even a sales professional. You maybe you're working for a company and you maybe you're new or maybe you're at the top of the game. If you're at the top of the game, you know you got to get better. And if you're just new, you know you got to get better. So the sales process is a never-ending <laughs> learning cycle. Yes. And even if you've heard it over and over, there's a different angle or there's a different approach that you can take that's going to allow you to be able to connect better with other humans, be able to communicate in a more effective way, so forth and so on. And of course, on the, on the consulting side, being able to walk people through what I walk through is super fulfilling. When, when I can take 
their kind of what they would call maybe a mess of a life. And maybe some entrepreneurs are even like, man, I, I don't even like my business anymore. Yeah. I've been in that place where I don't even like my business. But when you create systems and you got good people and you can physically step away and have that freedom to then, whether it be work on the things that you like, or maybe go do a different business or whatever, that's where it's like, ah, like I, I did it. You know, it's not necessarily a matter of money per se, although it could be, but it's that freedom to be able to like, wow, I created something that's like, it's not going to burn to the ground if I'm not here today, you know? <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I want to say two things. And one we kind of chatted about in the pre-call and the other you mentioned now. And again, those who've been listening to the show for a while know that I'm, I said that in the beginning to this show, I'm a systems and processes freak. And you and I chatted a little before and I told you there's something I'm going to say on the air because it's that important. Yeah. If you want to be successful in your business and if you want to be able to grow and do other things, you have to put yourself as far as possible from the day-to-day -day tedious work off the business. Now, it's very hard to do in day one, but that has to be your mindset. Absolutely. Why? Because of two things. One, otherwise you will work yourself to the point you hate your business, which is what you just said. And two, you will never be able to move and do something else, whether something else within your business or move to a different business. And think about what Shaz is saying. It's so incredibly powerful and amazing. He has several businesses running, paying the bills, making him and his family and his employees money while he's doing something else. And he's doing it for two reasons or what enabled it is two things. Yeah. One is having the right systems and processes in place. And two is having the right team in place. And if you have these two things, magic happens. And it's, you know, I think the gods of PodMax, we, we're doing this as part of PodMax. If you guys don't know what it is, go check it up. It's an amazing event that allows podcasters like me meet with incredibly interesting people like Chaz, and they somehow marry us together in, in a very brilliant way to make it work. And in this case, you know, we're, we're other than the hair, we're kind of very, very similar. Uh, those, <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are watching this versus just listening. Uh -huh. But so if you, all of you who connected with me on LinkedIn, know that my LinkedIn tagline, the, the thing in the background of my picture says, with the right team, you can do anything. And I totally believe in that. And I so love that you said it, that, that this is how you're able to grow. You started with this. I have an incredible team. And without an incredible team, it's very, very hard to take things to the next level. Or like you did, be able to step away and do additional things or something else. So thank you so much for highlighting these critical points. Yeah. What I want to do now is I really want to go to what you're doing today. So you, you teach people how to be better salespeople. Yep. You have an online course on how to do that. And I will promise you in the end, I will let you drop in the actual place where they can find it. But for now, what I want you to do, I want us to invest the next 15 minutes or so in diving into what you teach. So take the course, which is long and with a lot of details, and let's try to condense it to the next 15 minutes. If I want to be a better salesperson, which really translates to almost anything in business, right? If you own a business, you're a salesperson because otherwise your business is not going anywhere. What's the process? What steps? What systems? What things do I need to know and do step-by-step, one-by-one in order to be much better than I am today? Yeah, absolutely. So within systems and, and working with other entrepreneurs, 
sales is only one piece, right? You, sure. You've got marketing, you got operations, you got team building. Within the sales role with an entrepreneur, maybe it's you doing the sales, maybe you have a team doing your doing the sales, or maybe you're a sales professional, you're working for a company and you just you have the title of sales, right? Or, or sales associate or you know, super stud sales lady or whatever, right? You know, so whatever your, whatever your title is, okay? That the sales process that you take a prospect through, someone who doesn't know you, or maybe they know you a little bit, or maybe they know you a lot of bit, all the way through to a transactional, you provide value, they provide money. And then in this exchange, then a relationship furthers. It doesn't begin, it furthers, right? So for me in my sales process, I really, really, really believe that is about relationship, it is about finding what actually the problem is and not just because you want to manipulate them to like push their pain button to, to get them to buy. Although that is, you know, you could, you could break it down like that. It's really about being genuine, being authentic, you know, authentic where you're, I actually want to find out what the problem is so that I can help you fix it. Right. And, and having that mindset as a salesperson, not only gives you confidence to be able to talk to people that you know, or that you don't know if you're making cold calls, but it gives you the ability to like really lean in with energy and authenticity to go, Hey, I really want to help you. And like I said, the relationship doesn't start at the transaction. It just continues because you've already done the work. Right. And so I really feel like in this industry that there's a lot of people who talk about closing, overcoming objections, being this, this closer. Right. And I would absolutely consider myself a closer, but I wouldn't put that title on me first. I would say I'm a human connector right? I'm a person that decides to solve problems, right? And I think a lot of salespeople say that, but that's what I'm all about. So my process, open discovery, presentation, close, right? Can literally be broken down. It doesn't matter what you're selling. It goes through that process. Open discovery, presentation, close. I have taught this very practical sales process from the inside of a phone call selling advertising in a, in a, in a, in a cubicle, Someone that's on a, you know, on a phone talking to a business owner yep. or all the way to retail franchise edible arrangements where I have someone call us because they saw an ad and they're interested in a fruit basket. And I've, I've taught my people to be able to walk through the process of figuring out what it is that we can help them with. Obviously doing the opener before that, but then the discovery, the, the, you know, the presentation and the close. Now there's a ton more that goes into those steps, right? I've got a full up, you know, bolt out, you know, built out course. My course is called Bulletproof Sales. It's, it's kind of, you know, in my, my, my Chaz Wolf brands and whatnot, but all that to say, it's like, I, hopefully you can pick up my energy. The, the, the sales process to me is not just about this drudging, like this is what we do to get people to buy, or this is what we do to, you know, manipulate people. It's, it's genuinely for me about connecting. And then if you do that right, there either aren't any objections or the, the objections that they have can be easily overcome because you've got a relationship. And I've, I've kind of always given this example. I've, I've stood in front of, you know, training classrooms of, you know, 50 or however many new salespeople at a company. And I'll say to them, Hey, has anybody, you know, maybe been angry with a, a spouse or a, maybe a mom or a dad or a sister? Like we're, you know, like we're pure evil comes out of you. You know, like you ever get those moments, Isar? Sure. <laughs> right. So no, never. Never, never, <laughs> never. I well, hope my wife doesn't listen to this, but never. <laughs> for me, I'm, I guess I'm just humble enough to know that like, I'm not perfect. And in those moments, my relationship with my wife or my siblings or whoever it was that I wronged, you know, they still give me room, right? They give me grace. They get, they, I'm still in relationship with them. I mean, yes. as long as I didn't like really destroy it, but they give me room to breathe and be able to kind of push on them a little bit, right? 
It's the same thing in sales. If I build the relationship out of genuine, authentic, like I want to help you, then at the end, it's not overcoming objections. It's not pushing them to buy. It's no, let me, let me lean into you a little bit. And typically they give you grace because they know that you're real. They know that you care. You've already built a relationship just like in the previous example. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's first of all, you don't know, again, you don't know that because we didn't get a lot of chance to talk, but I'm now starting a business that's called be the stage, which is enabling larger organization to build business relationships at scale. And it's all about this. I don't help them sell. I help them build relationships with the relevant people through providing them with, with a digital stage and the right processes behind it to make the right connections with the right people. But I'm a hundred percent in tune with everything that you said that building relationships, human rela- people buy from people, right? They don't buy from a company, even though there's a brand and whatever that they're selling behind it, you buy from a person. Yeah. And if you can connect with a person, if you understand that person, if you trust that person, everything else is a lot easier. Yep. And in the long run, you may miss the immediate, oh, I could have pushed him and squeezed him into another whatever, $10 or $10,000. It doesn't matter. Right. That might be the last time he ever buys from you if you do that. Yep. But if you have a real relationship, you're looking maybe at $100,000 or $2 million with that person or the company that he represents. So yep. I, I'm 100% in agree with what you said, but I do want to make it more practical. So you said four steps, starting yep. with open. What does that mean? Who are you? Who are you with? Why are you calling? Who are you? Who are you with? Why are we doing this meeting? What's the purpose? What is the reason that we're here? I am an extremely purposeful individual. And so if you were to call me or call a meeting with me, it happened at the beginning of our deal. It was like the first thing that came out was, well, what, what's, the, what's the order here? What's the agenda? What's the purpose? Why are we here? Now, I mean, we knew why we were here because we're on PodMax. But as far as this specific deal, what, 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 what are we doing here? Right? And that was the very first thing you started with, which is what I absolutely appreciated. So most people, when you think about that in the sales process, whether you've gone to a store to buy a TV or whether you've gone to a car lot to buy a car, or whether you, wherever, it doesn't matter. You, you're, you got a phone call randomly from a person trying to sell you advertising, right? If, if they can identify in a professional non-salesy, if I you know, put my quotes here, way, yes. but authentic, what the purpose of the phone call is, you're more than likely to listen because it's not just this like robot of a you know salesy person reading off a script, right? Yes. So that's the open. Open. Perfect. So the purpose of the open is to understand who's the other person and what their goals are, right? What they're trying to achieve out of this interaction. Absolutely. Step two. Step two is discovery. The most important piece of the sales process. So for me, it's broken down into practical conversation. So you and I going back and forth, not necessarily on the mic here, because there's a specific way that you do that, but in real conversation, right? If we were just sitting at a restaurant, it would be this back and forth. You'd be interested. And it's what you're doing with me right now. You're discovering me. You're discovering my process. You're discovering you know, who I am, what my businesses are like. So the value of your listeners. In a sales process, it's the same thing. You're asking a question. You're listening to the answer. You're then waiting for the actual answer that they give to you. You're formulating the next question based off that answer. And that this is so elementary. It seems like when you're hearing this, but when you put this to paper, when you go back and you listen to your sales call, when you go back and you listen to, or you watch your Zoom recording of your last meeting or whatever, you don't do this because you just talk and talk and talk. Or maybe you ask two or three questions and then you, then, then you talk and talk and talk about your product. 
And that is just not how sales works. That's not how real conversation works. So I liken the discovery to a conversation at a dinner table on a, on a blind date. So like you're on a blind date, you saw, right? And the waiter takes you guys to your table. You had a beautiful lady here with you and, and everybody sits down take your drink orders and the guy leaves. And you lean over and you pull out your list and you start asking a list of questions. Where are you from? What's your shoe size? That's going to be a I very mean, short date, but okay. <laughs> are, you a, are you getting a second and date? It's been, and it's been a while since I've done this, but yeah. For, yeah. Full disclosure, my wife is listening to this. So that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're not going to get a second date, right? She's probably going to end it soon, like you just said. Yeah. But imagine the same scenario and you lean across the table, no list, and you say, hey, so so-and-so connected us. How do you know her? And she says, oh, we know each other from so-and-so class. Okay, cool. What's that class about? How long have you been doing that? Oh, okay, cool. And, and like, I'm actually interested. My tone is curious. I'm trying to actually pull the things out of her, not because I'm trying to interrogate her or interview her, but because I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what's inside, right? That's the same thing with sales. And if I can do that with a prospect, not only do they feel the same way that she's going to feel after that date, she's going she's gonna to talk almost the entire night. Now, I'm going to sprinkle some things in there about me. You can't just be totally guarded. Right? You got to sprinkle some things in. Same thing in the sales process. You don't want to talk about you and, and your story, but you got to sprinkle things in. Right. So at the end of the date, she says to her friend, oh, my gosh, Chaz was amazing. Da, 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 da. But she talked the whole night. How is that possible? It's the same thing in the sales process. I want my prospect to feel like it was all about them. But how do I do that? They have to talk. Right. They have to tell me what the deal is. I have to become this master listener, number one, and then a master question asker. So that way I can not only just ask a list of questions, but practically listen to what you just told me. You just told me that you spent time in the military. And my, my, my next response can't be, what do you do for advertising? It has to be, <laughs> wow, thank you for your service. Where did you spend time? Yes. Right. And so that, that's how normal conversation goes. And taking that into the sales process is, is, is a game changer. Again, this is brilliant. I absolutely love this, Chaz. And I want to touch on one thing. I mean, you, you gave an amazing detail on this. I want to touch on one thing that was a subtext of what you said, which okay. again, connects to me and my background, which is debriefing. And you do this because you come from a phone call sales world. So, right. And I did that as well. So I know where you're coming from, but it's so important and so few people do that. You the way to get better in anything you do yep. is to debrief what you do. 100%. And something magical happened to us. Some would question this in the last nine months, which a huge percentage of our conversations with business people and with other people are recorded or could be recorded. Yep. And now you can go back and listen or watch to your previous business meeting and 100%. take notes. I said, oh my God, why the hell? And look at it as objectively as possible. And really the best way to do this is in a group, right? You sit with other people, you get the right comments and you give them comments on their calls. And this is how you get better. And it's really an opportunity we did not have before because yep. we sat at a bar or at a restaurant after a conference and nobody yep. recorded that. Yep. Now exactly. we really have that opportunity that before that only call centers had to go and re-listen Two right. conversations that we had with other people in a business environment. Brilliant. Chaz, yep. step three. Step three, presentation. You need to be able to communicate in an effective way what it is you're offering. Number one, you can't even do that 
if they don't need it. So in this process of transition from discovery to presentation, there's this statement, this transitional practical thing of, John, thanks for sharing. I honestly think I'm going to be able to help you. But if you don't feel that way, you can't present. Instead, your sentence should be, hey, you know what? Honestly, I don't think I'm the best fit for you. I don't think our product is the best fit for you, right? Because we go back to being genuine. We go back to being authentic. You cannot present your product if you, number one, haven't earned it through the discovery, or number two, it's not practical. In your presentation, saying those things are applicable, then you want to communicate what you're trying to offer. And we're going to do it in a brief overview. We want to give them enough detail so that they can understand what my course offers. My course offers the sales process, mindset behind the sales, and it's going to give you an exact roadmap of not only what to say, but what to think and do through the entire sales process. So that you can elevate your sales, elevate your income, elevate your commission, elevate your revenue in your business, whatever it might be, right? Now, I did not tell you what the 27 modules were. How long, excuse me, how long each module was. I didn't tell you the, the you know, all of the intricate details, right? This, this part is for the overview, for them to be able to understand. I want my seven-year-old daughter to be able to understand this, this, this two or three sentence overview, okay? Sure. Then I'm going to be able to, that's, that's the logic piece. And then I'm going to, then I want to go into maybe a testimonial or a story of a, of a current client that is able to better paint the picture of not only what it is that I do practically, but what it is that they're going to get out of it. So immediately after I would talk about that course, I would tell about a story about, Hey, look, I'm working with this guy named Dylan and Dylan, after going through my course or before my course was literally about to get fired from his job. Okay. Zero dollars in commissions for months on end. And after working through my systems and the processes of, of us working together on his calls, he was able to make $15,000 of commission in one week. And of course, the sales process for you can be similar. We can work through these things together, blah, 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 blah. So I'm tying it all back together in a way that they can understand. Emotion and logic tie together in the presentation because people buy on emotion. They justify on logic. You got to be able to use both of those things to be able to practically help them understand through effective communication, what it is that you offer and what it is that they're going to get out of it. Phenomenal. I want to, again, highlight two things. One, people buy on emotion. People buy on emotion. People don't buy your product because it does something. They buy because it makes them feel some way. And they justify that with the logic. And I'm saying that as a guy that just spent $2,000 on a new camera on Black Friday, not in a deal, just because I fell in love with a freaking camera. I'm like, okay, I don't care. It's not on sale. And then... I started the journey with $500 as a budget just to put things in perspective. And, I, and I'm convinced that it's the right camera for me now, logically, right? Yep, <laughs> but that's exactly. not. So that's showing myself as a really bad example of the far end of this, but this is how we are as individuals. Exactly how. But the other thing you said, and again, I, I find this so important, is that don't try to sell stuff to people that don't need it. Yeah. You're wasting energy and you're losing the relationship you built with that person. And right. the right, so you're saying, okay, so what do I do? Like with the right move, refer there to somebody if you can. Yeah. If you know somebody else that can solve their problem, make the connection. Yep. Make the and connection. Basically, what you'll find in that process right there, Isar, is that you'll begin to build partners with these other companies that maybe are like you, but not exactly you. And when you refer people, they refer people. And not right. only does that work from a business standpoint of you guys each helping each other, but then the actual clients get what they need. Exactly. Isn't that the whole point anyway? <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Step four. Step four, close, baby. Close the door. 
right? And so for me, the closing process is just a mental turn the corner, turn the corner. You've presented, you've asked it, you've asked them if it makes sense. You've asked them if they have any questions possibly, and you're going to turn the corner and you're going to say, what name would you like to have on this account? Or in this case, what, what email do you want to use for access to my course? Right. And I'm just going to turn the corner, assuming that they're with me because I've built a relationship along the way. I've been asking questions like, Hey, does that make sense? Are you engaging? I'm looking for there. If I can see them on zoom, I'm looking for inner, inner, you know, engagement physically. If I can't, then I'm listening to their tone. I'm making sure that they're with me. And as long as I know that or believe that I'm just going to turn the corner and I'm going to assume that they're with me and I'm going to try to just sign them up to whatever it is that I'm doing or helping them with. If I'm on a car lot, I'm going to say, fantastic. Let's get the paperwork. What name is this going to be under? I'm just going to roll in with that assumptive sentence or question that's going to help me transition right into now I'm filling out whatever it is I'm going to need to fill out to complete the sale. Now, right here is where objections come or maybe questions. If you've done the discovery right, hopefully it's not objections. They're more complaints or questions, right? Which has, before, before we do that, what, like, how long does, how long is the course again? Well, it's six weeks, but it's online. So you have access to whatever, you know, how you could do it two, three times. If you wanted to, you could circle back and do individual modules. You don't have to do it in order, although I would recommend it. Okay. And, and how many, how many seats do I have? Well, it, we can purchase one seat, but if you have a team, we can, we can work that out for as many people as you like. So I'm, I'm just answering his questions at this point, right? Because questions to me says he's interested. I'm not necessarily trying to overcome objections unless he might say, Hey, I don't have the money for this. Or, you know what? This sounds really good, but give me some time. I want to talk to my wife. I want whatever the objections are. So obviously that's where you go into trying to figure out what the problem is. Maybe their initial complaint or objection isn't the real one, but you know, people will do funny things. They, they share with you something that maybe they think that that sounds good or that you're going to like allow them to get away with, <laughs> but it's yeah. not the real reason. We do that anyway. Imagine the last time you went into the mall and you went into a, a, a store, like a, like a clothing store, the clerk asked you, Hey, can I help you find anything? And you said, no, thank you. Just looking around. Yeah. Just taking a browse, but you weren't there just to take a browse. You were there to get a Brown shirt, to go with your outfit for whatever, whatever. Right. So the point is, is that you can, you can then in that moment, be able to either overcome or further the relationship to be able to try to close the transaction. Brilliant. I love it. I, I want to again, touch on, on one thing and then I have a follow-up question. Perfect. So the one thing is, you keep going back to, I think, the piece that a lot of people are missing, which yep. is a lot of salespeople go to your last two steps. They go to presentation and closing. Boom. Just like and that. they miss. And again, I'm going back, connecting the dots. People buy on emotion. The only way to create emotion is to make it personal. The only way to make it personal is to know what the other person is, who he is, what his needs are, what he loves, what is his background. So you can tie these things together when you give the presentation, you're not just presenting your product, you're presenting your product to Joe or Jim or Sarah or Devin, right? There's a person on the other side. And if you make it personal to them, this is where emotions arise. When you tie to their stories and so on, this is where the magic happens. So again, I love the fact you keep on going back to the discovery phase because that's what makes it work. Absolutely. My follow-up question is this. There are four steps. And you're saying these four steps exist always on the phone, in person, in a conference, whatever. So, which means this may be a week, this may be two hours, this may be 15 minutes. 100%. What's the percentage of time 
I need to assign, and I'm saying percentage because again, it could yeah. be different for every person. Exactly. What percentage of time do I need to assign on a high level yep. to make this work? So we're going to go 1% for, to the opening because it's probably not even that. It's probably a 10th of 1%, but let's just call it 1%. Uh, we're going to go 80% with discovery. Okay. And so that leaves us with 19%. So I'm going to say uh, 9% of that is presentation and 10% of that is closing. The, the, the allocation there, obviously heavy on the discovery is because that's where not only do you figure out what the need is, but then you find out what the effect of their pain is. So they have a pain, they have a problem, whether they know it or not. Sometimes they don't even know they have a problem, but you've discovered it. But then the next step, which then most people just can't get to or can't figure out how to get to is what is the effect or the the, the actual resonating pain in their body from the problem. The problem is, is that I hurt my knee. I fell. Well, the pain that I'm now feeling in my knee or even in my upper thigh, or when I walk, I can't walk because I can't walk. I, I have troubles going to get food and my wife has to blah, 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 blah. Right. Just take care of me. Those are the pain that that that's the emotion that you're talking about. That's going to be like, okay, I got to do something. You seem like the right person. You seem like you're listening to me. You seem like you've identified what my problem is. Your product solves my problem. Let's go. Chaz, amazing. I love everything you're saying, and I connect with literally everything you said from the systems to the processes, to the relationships, to again, the gods of PodMax have done, treated us well today, but how do people find you? How do people find more of the things you do, connect with you and so on? Absolutely. Chazwolf.com, C-H-A-Z-W-O-L-F-E.com. And it's got all of my history there, as well as information about my course, Bulletproof Sales. You can book a time there. There's a little application because I want to make sure that I'm working with the people that need help. I do the same thing. I do a, even a pre-application to make sure that we're, we're working with the right people because I don't want to just sell a product. And so that, that application is there. Or if you're interested in business consulting, we creating systems, evaluating, putting teams together, structuring um, and, and planning out you know, predictable growth, we can connect in that way at my website, chazwolf.com. Phenomenal. Before I let you go, something I ask everybody, and as a systems guy, I know you have a few uh, tricks up your sleeve. Tips for systems, tools, apps, gimmicks, books that people that help you be better at what you do. Yeah. So I'll give you two. On the sales side, I'm a huge fan. I'm, well, I'll actually, let me cut that into two categories. On the sales side, there's two categories. I have to say Grant Cardone because I worked for him. There's a lot of things I like about Grant. A lot of things that we disagree on, both are okay. He has an, an organization that, uh, that most people would want to have. So you have to be able to look at that and go, okay, what did he do? Now, for me, the 10X rule was a book that changed my thought process on big picture thinking. I was already the number one salesperson in my organization at that time when I read that book. And then I created literally twice as much the next year. I was already number one. What was left? I was a big fish in a small pond. I needed the 10X rule or that thought process to be able to go to the next level in my sales career. So that's number one. Number two in sales, Jeb Blunt, fanatical prospecting, unbelievable process. Jeb Blunt breaks the process of, of prospecting down. He is a systems guy. I love, love, love Jeb Blunt. Okay. On the cultural side, on the team building side, on the business consulting side, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Linciani. One of my favorite books. I've read it probably five or six times and uh, it, it absolutely identifies things that can allow you to move forward in team building. Chaz, brilliant. 
Thank you so much. This was phenomenal. I'm so happy you got to be our guest and share with my audience. I'm sure we'll do this again. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Wow. Right? Just absolutely incredible. Chaz is so on point. He knows his stuff so well. And when you're running 10 businesses and making them all successful, you have to be. If you like this kind of step-by-step content that really takes you through a checklist of what you need to do in order to do stuff better in your business, the previous episode, episode 81 with Donnie Bovin is absolutely incredible. Over there, we totally geek about how to tell your story in the most effective way to grow your brand and grow your business. So I suggest you check it out. And if you want the notes from this episode, go to theetribe.com forward slash 82. And until next time, have an incredible week. Your business growth is my number one priority in this podcast. To do that, I want to bring the biggest names that I can and get you practical tips as frequently as possible. And you can help. Visit Apple Podcasts right now, subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. And if you want my number one tip for business growth acceleration, visit growthaccelerator.biz right now.